Okay, with producer and star uh, Lenny Hernandez, Pear Adisso is the short film, 12 minutes long. It's about a couple who are unhoused and they kind of find a paradise or an amazing place to spend the night. And of course, conflict will occur. And it's, it's a really kind of like nice little thematic about society in general. I'm curious, what state did you guys make this film? Uh, we made it in Missouri, Southwest Missouri, Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, which is where I grew up. Uh, it's where I went to college. I got my degree in theater performance there. Uh, and then I moved west to pursue the dream out in Los Angeles. And then uh, this kind of came up and we had the opportunity to kind of film it in, in L.A. Um, but then once we went, uh, once we started going, the costs started to mount in Los Angeles. And so we knew people in Springfield. Uh, and so we moved it to Springfield and then the costs came way down. You just described the Hollywood production in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. You go to Atlanta, you go to you go to Toronto, you go to Vancouver because it's the the, so the costs go down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even just uh, there's a location inside uh, our short film, and we ended up knowing the person who owned a convenience store. Uh, and if you see, he there's a moment where he runs into a convenience store, he gets an application, and then later on, he goes back to the same convenience store to kind of rob the place um, out of necessity. Um, he's getting um, he's getting like healthcare uh, products that he needs, yeah. uh, and so he doesn't want to; he just has to because of his situation. And uh, that location would have cost us a lot of money in LA whenever we're, we're going around and in Springfield, we were able to just hand somebody, you know, 80 bucks and say, can you hang out for an extra 90 yeah. minutes? Like, yeah, sure. Hey. And <laughs> I told, no, cause I, I, I to be, to be perfectly honest, I, I, I do a lot of these interviews and I think I've got every state, there's like five or six states left. And um, I don't think I, you're the first person I talked to from Missouri. I, from Missouri. Yes. Yeah, which is interesting because it's a, it's not like it's a small state, right? I've talked to like a few people from Montana, Rhode Island, but yeah, Missouri is pretty like St. Louis, you know, like Kansas. It's pretty like it's it's a pretty like sorry, Kansas City is a version of, of you know what I mean of Missouri basically, but it's a pretty like populated state. I'm curious, like none of people are making films there. Uh, yeah, it's actually um, I have recently relocated to Missouri from uh, Los Angeles again. And I'm about 90 miles south of Kansas City, uh, and I've only been living here for about a year and a half. Uh, and it is there's a there's I've immediately immersed myself in the uh, film scene in Springfield, Missouri, as well as I got an agent out of Kansas City. I've met a lot of actors who are from St. Louis that do stuff in Kansas City, as well as other places. And so yeah, there's a there's a, a little bit of a scene, and me being a SAG member. Um, it is interesting to see the amount of uh, SAG auditions and things like that that I'm getting based out of Kansas City. It's not big, big, big stuff, you know. Let me try it's, to remember. It's the uh, it's the is it the Highway 70 from St. Louis to uh, to Kansas City? Yep. Yeah. No, because I I've, I've taken it a few times to tell you the truth. To be honest with you, through that through that that little that strip, right? So. <laughs> just, drive on through. just drive on a pass you know just like five going. six hours right yeah it's like nothing like traffic's pretty good all the time but just it's just a long way it's just a long track it's not even five hours from one one side to the other i don't think i maybe five and a half but i i've driven it a bunch of times 
yeah. more warm. Um, and it's four four hours or so. Just don't do it in the winter when it's freezing and there's you know ice everywhere and, and slush and snow. So all right. So you're this is a really interesting film. It's like I love like the subtleties of it. Like they're like even you know, it, it kind of shows the subtleties of like someone who doesn't have a home, like even the scene where like she the, the character is like brushing her teeth and like how that is such a privilege in that moment. Like she could, she gets, it's a nice clean sink. It's, you know what I mean? Like she could just brush her teeth. Like the things that we take for granted or you know what I mean? Most of us take for granted that, 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 that I love the little kind of like thematics that are happening in this film. So you produced it, you started it. And then I guess jo Jonna was the director. How did you come aboard of this project? Well, it's an interesting story right out of college. Uh, the writer had came like came to me and wanted me to shoot a version of this right out of college. This was been back in 2009 or so, right? Um, and we ended up filming overnight one sequence, like two scenes or something overnight. And he came back, you know, a few days later, I was like, hey, how'd the footage turn out? And he was like, it's unusable, absolutely unusable. And then we just forgot about the forgot about the project entirely. And over the pandemic, I was going through my email and I was clear, cleaning things out, clearing stuff out. This was 2021. And I re-came across the script and I was like, oh, I remember the script. I remember loving it and that it just nothing happened with it. And so I reread it and I was like, the bones of the story are still there. It's such a good, great story. It, it you know, it kind of sp uh, shines a spotlight on people who are just left behind in society. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, I've got to, I got to do something for myself as an actor. You know, the best thing we can do for ourselves is create our own work. You know, we can't sit around on our hands and wait for other people to give us opportunities. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I gave myself an opportunity. And so I reached out to the director and come to find out he was living in uh, the Valley outside of Los Angeles. And so I met with him. I, I hadn't seen him in, you know, eight years. And so I ended up, we, we met, we took a meeting. He was like, let me change some stuff on the script. And I was like, absolutely. Um, he came with a secondary version. And then I loved pieces of the first version and pieces of the second version. And then I kind of just like molded the two together. Uh, and he was just like, yeah, go ahead, man, make it. If, if you can make it, make it. If not, you know, no worries. Cause I long forgot about the, the, the script yeah. that I 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and so I, I decided I was going to put up my own money. I was going to find help with casting. I was going to help with locations, uh, and kind of just do it all because, uh, I've been working productions prior to that and uh, learning a lot of behind the scenes stuff on how, on how film films are made. And so I thought, I know I can figure out how to do this. So that's what I did. And so, but at the same time, like it's a good role for an actor. Like your yeah. character has a pretty, some pretty intense moments. It's a nice love story as well, but obviously there's some, without giving yeah. anything away, there's some pretty dramatic acting moments for you, so. Well, and that's actually one of the main reasons why I did it. Yeah. Because uh, my, uh, with my agent, I, I, I'm mostly auditioning for commercials, right? Yeah. And so I'm auditioning for commercials and I do, uh, I did a Nickelodeon spot last year as well. And so I'm doing like campy uh, children's stuff in commercials. 
And I thought, you know, I know for sure that Lenny, the actor, is deeper than just these commercial spots, you know. Uh oh, and... you just talked to yourself in the third person. You are an actor, aren't you? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just I knew that I had more to offer than the things that even my agent and I'm telling my agent, hey, I can do these things. And she's like, yeah, 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 of course. Go out for, you know, this Tylenol commercial. Sure. <laughs> Go out this Listerine spot where you're just chugging, you know, a product and spitting it out and so i was like no i know i know there's chops in there and so this was kind of a a challenge for myself um to really kind of from beginning to end um produce a project for myself entirely and that's really where it started but you know the script itself was just so great that i was like i can do this i can relate to it i loved the some of the emotional scenes that we had in it were the scenes that we filmed 15 years ago um, as a test that just never went anywhere. And so I knew, you know, I knew I had that depth to, to myself and I wanted to make sure that I was able to kind of showcase it. So your director is also, she's, she's also an actor as well, right? Yeah. Jonna Vall, she's incredible. I, I went to college with her. That's where we met. Um, she, is an actor she is a director and she's also an acting coach and so anytime she comes through any areas that i'm at and she's doing workshops for other actors up and coming actors she always taps me in and is like lenny come by and help help let's play with some of these students of mine and so her and i have a really good working relationship when it comes to that and so i knew she would be the perfect person to kind of get i trust if I'm making a bad decision whenever we're doing things, like as me as an actor, I trust her to be able to say, Lenny, don't do that. Try something else. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I wanted her to be involved in this project. She's a child actor, right? So she's been in the industry her whole life, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She was, um, oh, she was in Reba McIntyre's, like one of her early music videos, Jonna was Fancy in Reba McIntyre's uh, music video, Fancy, back in like the early 90s, mid 90s. According to, yeah, according to uh, IMDb, she played Young Fancy. Yes, Young Fancy, <laughs> yes, Young Fancy, yep. And then I, I, I Fly Away, Heat of the Night, like yeah, she, she's got some, she's got some uh, resume. And then, so then she's got a few directing projects under her belt, she's doing some shorts, and then you, what motivated her to do this film with you, you think? Um. Well, she, was telling me the other day because I kind of asked her and she said, A, she, it, it's interesting because her and I do really, we, we jive well together when it comes to the working relationship from actor to director. And so I think that was part of what drew, drew her to the project as well as she honestly loved the, the message behind it. She loved the fact that our two characters who are unhoused aren't your typical story when it comes to like, you know, struggling with addiction or struggling with mental sure. health. She actually loved the fact that these were two characters that that could be anyone, that literally could be anyone, anywhere, that some kind of situational thing have just led them to their their current situation so just a quick segue to what you said because i just did a podcast i did someone made a film about homeless homelessness 
and and addiction comes after you're homeless like more more stats so people don't know that like where you think that you're okay you're 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 you you're addicted to whatever drugs or whatever it is it, it's like that's how you become homeless it's actually the opposite it's like you're homeless and that's why you you do drugs so just a little tidbit so reality absolutely yeah and she wanted to make sure that we weren't you know pushing some kind of a, an agenda when it comes to the mental health side or 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 yeah the, uh, she wanted these characters to be really really nice uh, we had a really good moment and i'll share with this i'll share this with you all uh, is that when because you talked about it earlier with the with amari stout which is our actress lead actress in it uh, her character kiana having that luxury of being at a clean sink and brushing her teeth and doing those things. Um, there's a very, it was our second day filming. We're filming overnight. Uh, a shout out to Arrow Senior Living Management Company, which is the company that I actually work for day to day because they gave us an, a vacant apartment uh, in one of their communities. They said, yes, Lenny, if you want to film in your, our, our, one of our communities, go film in it. And so we had a vacant apartment at 2 a.m. Uh, and Jana pulled her aside and was gave her some like just quick things to think about and then let her just enter this bathroom and play and just be this character inside you know a working bathroom a working sink mm -hmm. was one of the most beautiful three and a half four minutes of uninterrupted time uh to be honest that I have watched as an actor, uh, as a person being a fan of films on the backside, because I was watching the monitor and I was watching Amari and it was just, it was so heartbreaking. Uh, everyone behind us, the, the the small crew we had, they were just very uh, enthralled and kind of there in that moment with with Amari and the character of Kiana. So it was really- So where did you find, where did you find her, your co-star? Um, interestingly, I reached out once I knew that I was going to bring the production back to Missouri, because uh, I had some people that I had that I wanted to do it back in Los Angeles. But once I knew it was to Springfield, I was like, okay, I need to find somebody kind of more local, again, for cost reasons. Um, and I reached out to my high school drama teacher who is still teaching high school drama. Shout out to Gretchen Teague at Central High School in Springfield, Missouri. She's incredible. Her very first year of teaching was my sophomore year in high school. And so I, I, I did multiple shows with her growing up and she kind of pushed me to be the person that I am as the, the actor that I am, um, the fearless person, as she says, that I am. But she recommended Amari. Like she was, she said, hey, I, I, I said, I need this person, this age range, this kind of look. And she goes, I know the perfect person. Kind of connected us and then we got to chatting. Um, I, I can't say enough great things about Amari and the job she did with Paradiso, but also to like, when I gave her the script, she was very willing to be an active participant uh, on helping us develop the best story as well. When we got everything filmed in the can and we had a linear edit of it, it was a 25 minute cut. We had 10 pages script. We had 25 minutes of footage and a linear edit. Mm -hmm. And we said, and we said, Hey, you know, what can we do to make this the best version of this story? And she was like, yeah, that, that's the linear cuts good, but I have an idea. And she pulled the video and then on I iMovie, 
changed up some of the cuts and the order of the cuts in the edit. And then we all of a sudden on the backside of the production side, we're like, oh, holy cow. <clears throat> like what you did there, Amari, like completely changed um, how we see these characters. Uh, she ended up putting uh, a lot of the panhandling that you see at the end of the movie that kind of like that, that kind of draws out at the end. We had that at the beginning. The kind of quick edits, the first like 45 seconds of our trailer, that's the quick edits in and out of the emotional state of that. She kind of basically cut that together and was like, this kind of drives a story and this drives an idea. And we we're just like, oh, <laughs> it's so brilliant, Amari. So she's a story, she's a natural storyteller or a developed storyteller, but so she probably has some filmmaking in front of her as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's she's just such a wildly talented person. And it's so interesting and and to know that like there is just such an untapped uh, amount of talent in some of these towns, like in, in these places all over the country, all mm. over the US, all over North America, literally. And you don't know until you actually give people an opportunity to actually showcase that. You know what if I'm saying? If they're lucky, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they're lucky. And and Amari talks about the fact that like um I paid I paid everyone on the production because I was able to save the amount of money I was able to save by moving the production, because I knew how much money I could spend, and that yeah. money less in Los Angeles compared to where I was at in Springfield. And so that money went a lot further. And so I was able to pay all my actors. I was able to pay all the background. I was able to pay everyone on the production side. And it's still not like absolutely ruined me financially. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. Well, so, that's amazing. It's amazing. So the film, the film is done. And did you, when did you shoot? How, how closely, like how, like did you show the writer right away? The, the film? Uh, once we got it to, uh, the, uh, I did it because I was afraid he was going to hate it. So I didn't initially show him until we got it down to the festival link and then. Yeah, ended totally. Yeah. To, yeah. to the, to, yeah, to the yeah. distribution link. What did he think of it? Uh, he thought it was great. He actually was pleasantly surprised is exactly his, uh, uh, his feedback. He was like, wow, I would have never guessed uh, that this would have turned out to this. And so I'm super happy about it. He actually offered to do a screening of it at his shop because he has a production house in the Valley now. Uh, him and one of his friends started a production house in the Valley in, uh, outside of Los Angeles. And so he offered, he was like, hey, come out here again and then we can screen it at, at my production house. And so that was, I thought, very, very nice of him to do and we recently got into a festival that will screen at the chinese theater there in los angeles and so we will all be kind of supporting it on uh that day which is january 25th 6 p.m january no sorry february 25th yeah. <laughs> let me get the let me do that one more time we're screening at the chinese theater in los angeles february 25th that's a sunday at 6 p.m Gotcha. Well, that's amazing. And so, yeah, I'm looking at the films doing all, uh, doing well on the festival circuit. Yeah, it's a solid 12 minute film. It's perfectly it's a perfect length for what the film is. Well, and yeah. let me let me give you, let me give you some props. All right, the Wild Sound, uh, the the feedback festival has been one of the most beneficial festivals to get into out of all the ones that I've submitted to 
because of all of the things that you all uh, offer us with with the feedback, with the YouTube feedback of having people watch the film and then give us uh, their feedback on it was incredible. The opportunity to showcase it on the channel that you guys now run and operate um, has been wildly incredible, as well as is this opportunity right here that you've given me to, to, to showcase Paradiso on your podcast. And so I, I just want to give a shout out to you and oh, the things that you, you and I believe you and is it who who's your partner in, in crime? Because I know I was speaking. Is that your wife? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you and Allison, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. So I just want to give a huge shout out to you all for doing the things that you're doing because like it is it's an incredible thing to give actors like me, give producers like me who, you know, really don't have a lot uh, uh, to don't have the means to get make these huge movies to hit, to make these huge things to give us the opportunity to showcase the things that we're doing. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you. No, no, thank you. It's, it's a good, it's a solid, it's a solid film. It's like it's always good to showcase. Like, and it's like, yeah, it, it's it's a it serves as a proof, great proof of concept for even a bigger film, but also like shows your all your guys' acting skills, both of your acting skills, and. Uh, so hopefully your agent liked it when you when you shoved it in your agent's uh, face and said, "Watch this, see me in action. I'm not just a commercial actor, right?" I, yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't shoved it down her throat yet. I did tell her that she, that I'm in that I will be insistent on her coming to the, uh, the oh the festival at the Chinese theater. That's even smarter. Yeah. 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 Well, and we 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 just came back from Orlando last weekend, and we ended up seeing it on a on the big on a big big screen having to to send a d dcp yeah. version uh and just seeing it literally on that digital platform and it being huge and i was also pleasantly surprised with like oh dang we actually look we actually look really good <laughs> you know what i'm saying we look like movie stars up there uh, and so i was really happy for that and there's not like you look good, but there's also moments where like you don't look that great, but then you look good within the context of the role that you're playing, I guess, right? So. Right. Well, I'm more meaning <laughs> we look good in the sense that we look like legit filmmakers. You, you know, look like you look like you're not. You're you're yeah. these are two people on screen telling a story. Yeah, like hundred percent. Yeah, I would. There's like there's one thing that it's, it's because one thing I obviously watch a lot of short films and like. It's the one thing you look for when you watch from beginning to end frame is that it doesn't take me, nothing takes me out of the movie, right? Like it's like, not, there's not a false moment. So, yeah. and there's no false moments in this film. I totally believed who these characters were and the situations that they're in. And like I said, there's a, there's a, it's a solid dra drama. And uh, it, it also doesn't, you're not telling people what to think either, right? Even the scene with the, the police officer you know, you're not you're not being over over the top about it, right? Like you just something happens, but then people can interpret whatever they want from that from that situation. I guess Does that makes sense to you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, that's that's awesome feedback. Honestly, the the cop sequence wasn't in the original edit, and then my a good friend of mine, uh, his name's Aaron Kozak. He's a writer out of Dallas. I ha I sent it to him, and he says he he said to me, he goes. There's this element, the fact that you don't go to the police, that really irks me. And I was just like, I never thought about that. And so I ended up going back and we had footage of it. And so I ended up cutting it back in just like the slow pan out for the police car and all that. And so that that's a really 
interesting moment that we had put back in because somebody gave me feedback that like, hey, it seems odd that this that he wouldn't go to the cops when this happens. And so we put that back in. It's the metaphor for homelessness. Like you 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 lived in Los Angeles, you see it. It's just terrible. And one of the problems is is that is that politicians don't care because they the homeless people don't vote, right? So they're not going to put money where where the non-voters because everybody's about their own getting re-election or yeah, all about the money as you like you're yeah. And so then and then so the media doesn't care because it's too sad of a story. They rather have shock, you know what I mean? So then these people, nobody gives a crap about them, right? That's the problem. And then it's just, and then something needs to change. Obviously, I'm 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 speaking cliches, but it's good. It's films like this that just kind of show a story and then says, okay, we got an issue here. And and I loved the I loved the idea of how we ended it with just the stats of you know there is currently there is 28 vacant homes for every one homeless person there are in the U.S. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I know. That's just such an, a, a, a mind-boggling, you know, statistic. And I'll even take it even further because a lot of those homes are upper middle class homes that basically people are buying their second, third home and they're, they're either looking for renters or just paying them the mortgage for an investment. So these huge gigantic homes are like, even in neighborhoods, you go to neighborhoods of where I live in Toronto, it's like these, there's basically like these vacant homes that nobody's living in. And then while wow, there's like, there's 10,000 homeless people downtown Toronto. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a, I want to say uh, before, before we head out, I wanted, wanted to say a couple of things. A, I love Toronto. Uh, I was there in 2010 um, for two weeks for a stage combat workshop. Uh, Rapier Wit is the uh, uh, stage combat uh, house there. And so oh, cool. Love- yeah, I, I know about, I, I don't know, like, I know about the, those, like, I know actor friends who've taken those, those, those courses. Yeah. Awesome. And I had a, an amazing two weeks in Toronto. Um, One of my favorite cities. If I move, when I move out, when I leave the United States, Toronto is literally top of my board of where to, where to move. Well, maybe uh, this time next year, maybe you'll want to move. <laughs> yeah, you are not wrong. What do I knock on? <laughs> um, And, uh, uh uh, it, before we go, I would love to just one more piece of advice for filmmakers out there or, or you know, for people who are kind of on the cusp of deciding whether or not they should make a passion project for themselves as an actor or as a producer or whatever it is, is that um, when I decided, when I, when I had decided to make Paradiso, I actually asked about six or seven of my closest friends who are also in the entertainment business they're all in the industry they're all filmmakers themselves whether it be writers producers actors um and all of them told me not to make it all of them they said don't do this this would be a huge waste of your money this wouldn't no one cares about this story no one's going to want to see it um and the and there's people that i truly try like there's still really good parts of, of my life now you know like i just know uh just just don't say no just don't take no for an answer you know what i'm saying like at the end of the day like i trust these people to give me the best advice that they have but i still i still went i still went against what they said and i still made it 
even though everyone around me was like, don't do this, you know, had, had nothing but like, uh, my friend from Dallas was the only one who's the writer from Dallas, Aaron Kozak. He was the only one that was like, you probably shouldn't do this, but like, if you are going to do it, here's some words of, of wisdom. Here's some, a little bit of nuggets of advice. And he was the only one that actually was like, no, but you, sh if you are going to do it, which it sounds like you're going to do. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do it no matter what, even if I'm getting eight, 10, 12 no's or whatever yeah. from that I trust their opinion from, uh, he's, he, and then he offered up a little bit of, uh, constructive criticism or, or constructive things to do with it um and so he, he really was um kind of pivotal in that at least even though he said no he said but here's some here's a little bit of ideas you know to 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 push the story you know to help elevate it um and so i just want to i want to say any filmmaker out there literally don't don't take no uh, no for no no can be an answer, but also like know that no just means how can I do it differently? And even so, how can I do it myself? You know? Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that. hundred percent. I agree with you. Uh, we probably both of us wouldn't be talking here today if we listened to people. So <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> there you go. <laughs> so there you go. So <laughs> I 100% agree. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. Let's talk again. I want you to make another film. I know like the first one they say is the easy one. Now it's the next film, right? So, so let's see what you do next. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all out there. That's a dare, by the way. So no, I'm going to, I've got, I've got two or three projects that I'm actually super interested in and in moving on. Uh, I, I want to do a short, uh, a situational comedy uh, that I have currently that I'm writing on. Uh, I want to do a pilot and then write six more, five more episodes on that. I'm about 60 pages of that. So I'm like two and a half episodes in out of the six. Um, and I want to do the pilot for sure that I can submit to and kind of hopefully get funding for that. Uh, and then I've got another animated short that I'm interested in figuring out how to do. So cool. you know amazing. any animators out there, have them hit me up. All right, man. Thank you so much. There's tons of them. If you ever want to know, just send, send, send something, ask me because I we obviously do an animation festival. So they're always looking for projects. We, All right, man. Thank you so much.